Cobb Family Podcast. Before we start, I want to do a little trigger warning for sexual abuse and graphic murder scene talk. So, trigger warning, Ma. <laughs> uh, I, uh, okay. I didn't know that there was trigger warnings. Oh, I know. I just... This is gets a little rough, so I kind of want to, like, do a little uh, yeah. trigger warning. Um, just to make sure people are in a good place. Yeah. So I'm Stephanie, your host, here with my mom, as you heard. <laughs> Hello. I'm uh, here. I wanted to make a little announcement. We have officially made it over a thousand um, downloads of the podcast. We're actually closer Ooh. to, like, 1,100 now. So that's nice. exciting. Yes, yes. I also... I got I, 500, you got six. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I also, um, I didn't tell you this, I went to Apple Podcasts and uh, we have a five-star review. Ooh. Yes. Does it tell you from who? It does, actually. I'm going to read it. it. Well, this has a name. It doesn't, like, tell me their real name, but... Right. I wanted to read it on here, and if we get any more five-star reviews, I'll read them on here. And if they're bad reviews and I find them funny, then I'll read them on here as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the review is from Binny Bear, and it came September 29th. So. Oh, that was a while ago. Yep. As a Mainer, I love to see the podcast community that is growing in our spooky state. Stephanie is a great storyteller, and I love the rotating pool of guests. I cannot wait to hear more from her. Nice. So, so nice. I don't I don't know who it is, and whoever you are, Binny Bear, thank you. Thank you, Binny. So, we are on our second case in our series of October oddities, and boy, do I have a case that fits that perfectly. Oh. We're going to be talking about the Hitter Kaifak Farm Murders. And you didn't look, you said you did a little research, but you didn't look too, too far. I peaked. You peaked, peaked. but not too much. I just peaked. No. Okay. No, I just (laughs) wanted to get the gist of it. So uh, a little fun fact before we get too far into it. Hinter Hinter Kaifak is actually not the name of the farm. How do you pronounce it? Hinter Kaifak. Hinter Kaifak. That's right, because it's not in this country. No, it's Germany. It's Germany. actually, Hinter in German means behind, and there's a town called Kaifak. So the farm is located behind, behind Kaifak. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Hey, hey. Right? You know, I so. was trying to think of a name for this farm. Well, have you thought of one? No. <laughs> I've just been trying to think of one behind South Berwick. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Do something, like, unique and funny. Yes. Um, and so, sweet. And sweet. Yes, because we're, we're <laughs> a family of sweet ladies. Okay. No, no. <laughs> we are not. My mom, so for anybody who doesn't know, I have three sisters and my mom. So growing up, it was just a whole shit ton of girls who belch like men, fart like men. I mean... And stink like man. Yes. There is no yep. there's no sexism here. We are no. we can do it all. <laughs> yes, yes. So the farm is located near the woods outside of Groburn Groburn, which is about an hour's drive from Munich and a half a mile behind a small town named Kaifek. There we go. Yeah, so a little knowledge. Drop a little knowledge bomb on everybody. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um 
just so everyone knows, I do let my guests know beforehand the case we'll be covering so they can look up information. That's why I asked my mom if she read too far into it because I asked her not to. I kind of wanted to blindside her with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got some of the gist. Some of it. Hopefully some in the coming it. weeks, once my sister Gicky is back, um, well, not back, but she just started a new job and things are calmed down, we can have her back on. With She's working a ton and everything around here has been crazy. Yep, but get now that, there. Yeah, we have the mics and uh, the, um, yeah. the stuff working now, so we should be able to get her back on a record with us again so we could have Get all three see of everybody us all in one room Yay. yeah we'll have all three of us at once which would be hilarious i cannot wait for that <laughs> um so anything you want to add before we get too far into this no all no right. i don't think all so Alrighty, righty let's get yeah. on to the case oh like I said, this week we'll be talking about the Hinterkaifeck murders. This occurred in Germany in 1922. This was about four years after World War uh, One ended, so Germany was, as you can imagine, struggling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, they can't... Getting into it would be a whole thing, but there was a lot of people that didn't have any money. Germany had to pay restitutions back to all the countries they fucked with. Yeah. This was not the case for the Gruber family, though. They owned a farm and was able to be prosperous when a lot of people at this time were not. At this farm lived a number of people. 72-year-old Kazelia inherited the farm from her first husband after he died. She then remarried a much younger, by nine years, Andreas Gruber. It may not yes. seem strange now, but back then marrying an older woman was kind of like a weird thing. Um, yeah, usually, it's like mama. Yeah, but usually. But still, nine years isn't that much. But yeah, back then you always... I could see the more... The husband of, was older. Yeah, more of a husband having... Like we were just talking about my Nana and Grandpa. They were five years apart, you said? Yep, yep. And you and Dad were... I mean, this was in the 80s, but... Five four, years apart. Five, yeah, there you go. Rod in the cradle at 21. I was 16. Shma. <laughs> Don't tell me She didn't have me at eight, 19 years old the day after no, her birthday or no. anything. That's why they stay so young. Yeah, because you have 100 children. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't learn anything about Kazelia's first husband. They didn't really mention anything about that anything, in anything I read. Was it uh, all... Did, he, did she have a number of kids, obviously? Was she, it his kids? Oh, my God. We'll get into that. Sorry, yeah. the cat just came shooting up to me, meowing. You're not sitting on my lap, Darius. <coughs> All right. <laughs> um, the story with this was that the... Oh, sorry. I skipped a line. <laughs> also on the farm was Victoria Gabrielle, their 35-year-old daughter. The story with this was that the Grubers got older. The base... as the Oh, as the Grubers got older... Basically gave Victoria the farm where she, like, inherited it while they were still living. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Like, she inherited well, the back farm. In 19, back in 1922, if you remember, Boston's around here is a big family, but our next-door neighbors at the time were the parents, and one of their sons stayed in the house. And then um, their grandson is, has the house now. 
So, yeah. So, it stayed in the family. Yeah. So, she I mean, inherited. That's not thought of. Yeah, before they, pat, well. They pass. No. But it's a, probably a working farm. It is. It is a working farm. Yeah. Like, I, like you said, her parents were getting older, and I think they needed help, so Victoria came mm-hmm. in there and lived there and basically owned the farm, so when they did die, that it, it wouldn't be, be paperwork. Passed. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, also on the farm were Victoria's children, seven-year-old Kazelia, named after her grandmother, so we'll call her Kazelia Jr., and two-year-old <laughs> Yosef. Also, they had a maid who recently resigned that had been living there, but we'll get back to that one. Andreas was not a popular man. He was described as ill-tempered and quarrelsome. <laughs> oh, he's an asshole. Yeah, pretty much. He's just a dickhead. <laughs> His reputation wouldn't get any better as the years went on. It was rumored that he was physically abusive to his wife and children. And I say children because, again, Uh rumor has it that Victoria was not their only child. It is said that Cazelia and Andreas had another child but died around the age of two. And that Andreas was the reason the child died. But it was just rumors. Like, there's no, I could not find any substantiated proof on that. Back in 1922. Well, he, he, supposedly it was he beat the kid and it he, died. So they only had the one child? Well, they have more, but I heard in some places they talk about having two other kids and they both died, but uh, yeah, more often I saw just the one. Just the one, Victoria? No, one well, extra that died. Oh, uh, the child. Yes, that died at the age of two. But this was 1922 yep. or even before that, so. Right. Um... In a case of sold, like, you never really know what is fact anymore. And especially in Germany, and we'll find that later, shit gets lost. Especially in a country where you start a world, another world war, and you get yes. the sh- get bombed. Well, you know, things get lost. Yeah, well, we'll mm-hmm. see what uh, we'll see what gets lost in this story. <laughs> oh. Um, but. Victoria was married to a man named Carl Gabriel. Not long after they were married, uh, they gave birth to their daughter, Cazilia, and uh, Carl was drafted into the war and was sent to the front lines in France, and this was during World War I. He was killed on the battlefield, and Victoria was then widowed. Or was she? So we'll find out later about that. After Carl died, Victoria started an affair with a neighbor who was also also recently widowed named Lawrence Schittlenbauer. <laughs> Schittlenbauer. <laughs> Schittlenbauer. Bauer. It is it it is hard. I've heard hey, it I said know. I was trying a million to read it. I skipped too. over it. A million times I heard people <clears throat> type like right uh, say it cuz I listened to a couple podcasts about it. Yeah. And I'm like when I'm typing it, I was saying it right, and now that I'm looking at it, I can't say it. Right. You can't say it. Schittlenbauer. Were well, you typing it's, it as as you would the way it sounded? Yeah, Littenbauer and sh. So Schittenbauer, Schlittenbauer. Let's go. Schlittenbauer. There we go. <laughs> During this, oh, you guys like that English lessons. <laughs> During this affair, Victoria got pregnant and had Yosef. The father of Yosef, though, isn't as easily figured out as one may think. Ooh, Did you? Why yeah. might that be? On the birth uh-huh. certificate is Lorenz, but Lorenz didn't think he was the father and spoke this many times to everyone. 
a small town town in Germany, like any small town, breeds rumors. Lorenz, although... He just didn't want to have the kid. Oh, no. Now he's going to be slinging crap. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't read... Good. I'm glad you didn't read Oh, yeah, I did. I'm just keeping people in suspense. Oh, son of a bitch, man. In 1915, Andreas was sentenced to a year in jail for the crime of incest with his daughter, Victoria. Isn't that great? Victoria was also sentenced, but to only a month of jail time. Why? I don't, I didn't get that. She, because maybe she, she was got an adult. charged with incest. Oh, because she was an adult? Maybe. But st- I, so, yeah, he okay. was, he was the father figure, like, if they're having incest in 1915, well, they go to jail in 1915, so obviously so it was she, happening before. She must have. She's been manipulated. upon it then? I guarantee it started when she was younger. I don't, sorry, I don't guarantee because I don't know, but right. it started when she was younger with him molesting her and she just, like a Stockholm syndrome, got just got it. used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So 1915 to 1922 is seven years, right? So he was in, in for seven years. They both no, were. No, they, she, he was in no. jail for a year. She was in a month. But if you look at the time frame, this was also around the time her daughter was born. <gasps> so there's never <sighs> any rumors about Casilia Ju- Jr.'s <sighs> being fathered by Andreas. <sighs> but look at the time frame. It works out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So according to the oh courts. Oh, He's a motherfucker sick. That's disgusting. Andreas mm-hmm. and Victoria were having an incestual relationship. Yeah. So, like, I I mean, the father is a it's, a, it's a power figure in the family, especially back then. Of course. So, what he says goes. And so, you know he was physically abusive to his wife and his the kids, her kid. Uh, so, it wouldn't be, like, so far-fetched to think that he was sexually abusive as well. Of course. I mean... Fuck. Of course. That's disgusting. That's gross. Lorenz, like I said, was unsure about whether or not he was the father. And he even went as far as to report Victoria and Andreas to the authorities in 1919. However, Lorenz <laughs> dropped the case and they were acquitted as he took back the claims about Yosef. This wasn't as cut and dry as it seems, though. It has been said that Victoria went to Lorenz and begged him to stop the charges and even offered to pay his child support herself to herself without her father knowing. So she covered his his child support. Is that right? Right. Well, it's not his kid. So she did that to make sure the rumor stopped and kept her father out of jail. So to this day, no one knows if Lorenz or Andreas fathered Yosef. Yeah, well... What color is his eyes? <laughs> I don't know. All the pictures are black and white. <laughs> <laughs> April 1st, 1922, Kazelia Jr. failed to show up to school. No one really batted an eye at that. I mean, it was 1922. If someone was sick and couldn't attend school, it wasn't like they could call and be like, my kid's out today. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they just don't show up. <laughs> uh, the next day, the family didn't attend church where Victoria sung in the choir, and they did start to notice that because the family went to church every week, and Victoria never missed choir. So they're a super church-going family, but he's having sex with his child. That's, well, you know, you know. It, it, what is it like... The people that hold on to the Bible the hardest are the ones that are breaking the Bible. Oh, breaking all the rules. I mean, half yep. of the shit people throw at people about the Bible isn't even true. Like, 
mm-hmm. when they try to they don't off- read it they don't or they, they don't misinterpret it. it and right did you so, so this is nothing to do with this but did you know that <laughs> the word um homosexual in the bible didn't even get into the bible till the 40s really uh-huh there's the, the people that like will quote the bible to lgbtq people was like yeah. a man should not lay with another a boy but it's actually about right. pedophilia it's nothing to do about uh sexual Gay, like hom- homosexuality yeah Oh they just uh, they just throw it way out of way out of whack. It's anyway. just something somebody's Stupid. uncomfortable with that they don't. They're like, no, nope, I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't want uh-huh. you to do it. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, and for it's Christ. always been the case. Oh, for Christ! Like, so we'll beat you up. Get over we'll, it. But we'll beat back, you way, which is crazy because way back in the day, being gay was perfectly fine, and then it's just like something switched. No, like, no, wasn't perfectly fine. No, I'm talking they way, had... way back. Like, they could have relationships. Way back in the Grecian years when they had their nice little spas to themselves, all the gay guys. (laughs) The spa. Well, I'm talking about, like, in the the kingdoms, too. Like, as long as they could father an heir, they could have um, a man. They could could do whatever they want. Exactly. Watch Game of Thrones, man. I mean, I know it's not a true story, but... (laughs) But it's maybe not a true story, but I'm sure they use a lot of facts that are true. Oh, okay. Another fun fact, nothing to do with this. So the Queen um, Elizabeth, (laughs) the the Queen of England there, went to visit the set of Game of Thrones, and they asked her to sit on the Iron Throne, which was a throne from Game of Thrones, and she couldn't, because there's some law that says the Queen is not allowed to sit on another country's throne. Oh my so goodness! So she she didn't sit on the throne just it's because it's not a real country. What is well, he doing? Who? Papu. Oh, it's not a real country. I know, Whoa. but isn't that crazy? She refused that to because crazy. because of the laws. Okay, yeah. <laughs> back okay. to the story. What story were we doing? I don't it? know. <laughs> <laughs> so. People did Joe stuff. Anywho, in, he's yeah. done laying with his daughter and having <sighs> a bunch of kids. Oh, the, wow. So they did, family didn't show up to church on the second. Although when a passerby mm-hmm. on the of the farm saw smoke coming from the chimney and the animals were being fed, so they were like, "Oh, maybe they just weren't feeling well." So, yeah, yeah. they didn't show up for church. Kazelia didn't show up for school, and there's still smoke coming from the chimney. The Everybody's male got the flu. The mail wasn't getting picked up, though. So they, they, mail carrier didn't see any of the windows, too. He says usually when he was walking the mail, he would see somebody in the windows, which he didn't. It's a farm. There's always somebody outside. Yes. April 4th. Something. April 4th rolled around. Yeah, I know. I live across the street from your farm. (laughs) (laughs) And when I try to to not see anybody is when everybody's out there. Uh, Yeah. Hello. April 4th rolled around and Cecilia Jr. missed school again. This day, though, a mechanic named Albert Hoffner came to the house to work on the feed machine at the farm. He went to the door and nobody answered. But when he got to the barn where the machine was, he found the door open so he could went right to work. He was there for several hours working the feeding machine, never hearing or seeing a single person. Creepy. He, he did, however, hear the family's dog barking occasionally. Creepy. When Albert, yeah, especially at a working farm. Mm-hmm. When Albert was all done working, he again went to the door and got no answer when he knocked. He wanted to let someone know he had done the work, so he went to the neighbor of Lorenz's house to let him know. <laughs> when Albert told Lorenz that he did the work but was unable to get an answer, 
and didn't see anyone, this made Lorenz want to go and check on the family. Lorenz and two other neighbors went to the Gruber family home to check things out. Dun, dun, dun. Right? When Lorenz yep. and the search party got to the home, they found the house was locked up. They went, then went to the barn to check things out. They, too, found this locked up, so they broke in. Now, this is a different barn than where okay. the guy... Yeah, the feeding guy. Yeah. 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 He was working on a machine, so the barn, I'm assuming that they're going... They broke into was probably where the animals were, like, separate from well, the machines. You really don't lock up the barn that... Right. I mean... I Why would you that, especially in 1922? Yeah. You know, something might have been a shed or something, maybe. When they, ent- yeah, where the uh, feeding machine was, maybe like yeah. a shed area. Yeah. Uh, when they entered their barn, they noticed a pile of hay with a foot coming out of it. Oh. Lorenz walked up to the foot, and as witnesses who were there with him said, he casually pulled it on it, and the body of Andreas Gruber was uncovered. I think I would have kicked it first. Uh, well, I think I would have kicked if, it. If first. you were the one that did the killing, would you be like? Would you be bothered by it? So, oh, little, true, little spoiler true. alert. Spoiler. How would you know, right? Well, I was thinking it was him from the beginning, but I did. Yeah, I did too. Well, we'll get into that after. Okay. So, um, upon looking, oh, he, sorry, Andreas was bloody and badly beaten. <laughs> Uh, upon looking further, under the body of Andreas was the body of his wife, Cazelia. Now, again, witness says, says Lorenz just basically started pulling bodies out of the hay without even a blink of an eye. Oh. When the other oh, men well. asked... He, he knew they were there? They, he went straight to there. Other, he said they, they said he went to the door first. He knew where they were. First, yeah, and then they went yeah. straight to there. Um. When the other man asked what he was doing, he said he was looking for his son, who, remember, he doesn't claim is his son. Right, right. They thought it was odd, but we'll get into that later. Okay. As the other men were horrified about what they were seeing, Lorenz seemed unbothered by the blood and carnage, and he was literally digging through it. He then pulled the body of Victoria out from under her mother. So, like, the bodies were, like, haphazardly stacked on top of each other. Finally, under the body of Victoria was Cazelia Jr., the seven-year-old girl. Mm. Not finding any other bodies in the barn, the search party went to the house to break in. Since they went to the door to start, it was locked. Oddly, though, the Wren said he found a key in the lock on the door. Okay. Suspect, if I uh-huh. say myself. Why is the son the only one not in there? But go ahead. Well, we'll get to that. When they uh-huh. searched the house, they found the bodies of the newly hired maid, Mar- Maria Bumgardner, in her bed. Her suitcases had not even been unpacked. Oof. And two-year-old Yosef was in his crib. That was Aww. everyone living at the farm, dead, brutally murdered. Um, after finding the bodies, the friends of the search party called the police from Munich. By the time the police showed up, though, there were more people there, and the crime scene was completely contaminated. Yeah, there were people. There were people pictures. making snacks in the kitchen. Oh my god! So they actually in 1922. I don't know the camera situation, but the police actually took five photos of the crime scene, which is actually rare back then. They didn't even really yeah. take photos back then. Right. Right. Dozens of locals walked all over the house and barn. 
that's that. <laughs> yes. Dr. Johann Baptist Amulier. A mule. A mule? Mulier. A U M U L L E R. Yeah. If you Amulia. can. Amulier was the court physician in charge of the autopsies. All the victims were attacked with what they believed to be a mattock, which is like a pickaxe type tool. Yeah, yeah. I've Andre- seen it. Have you? Mm-hmm. Like, I looked it up. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you'd like knew, like you used one. No. Andrea's face was covered in dried blood and his cheekbones were protruding from his flesh. Like his cheekbones, like the literal bones were protruding out of his flesh because it was shredded. So he was, yeah, he was beat to a pulp. Pretty much. So that's a nice picture. Cazelia yeah. showed signs of strangulation and had seven blows to her head. So that, strangulation is like... It's close contact. three minutes to die. I think it takes, it doesn't take more? Three to five, I think they say, but to die. That's that's close contact. That's usually strangulation, strangulation is, is reserved for somebody that knows somebody. Just saying. Personal. It's very yeah. personal. Yeah. Um, Victoria's skull was smashed and had nine star-shaped wounds, which would have been um, with the mattock, like the pickaxe end of it. And the oh. right side of her face had also been hit with a blunt object. Oh. Kazelia Jr.'s jaw had been shattered, and her face and neck were covered with gaping circular wounds. Like, they took the pickaxe and was, like, cutting her neck yeah, with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like somebody that was... Brutal? Up close and personal. Especially does, to do with a little little baby and... Seven-year-old? A kid. This is a seven-year-old a two-year-old. Well, that was just one but this is like they used it until like shredder try to decapitate her yeah yeah i don't understand the brutality with her or why it was so bad why specifically with her but also even though all the adults in the barn seemed to die instantly from their wounds kazelia jr was not so lucky oh the doctor believed that she lived in maybe hours after attack lying under her family members they found clumps of her hair in her hands, which are clumps of, yeah, her hair. She had torn out oh. after the attack. So it's like shock, maybe. Maybe. Like they said that she grabbed it and was like pulling it out because she was in shock or trying to like radiate her pain. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. else. It's like seven fucking years old. I know. That's, I know. That's ridiculous. Seven. It's just, I can't even fathom, you know, just. The pain that poor child went through. It's ridiculous. The scared. Ugh. Yeah. So, the ho- inside the house, basically the same thing. Maria was killed with a crosswise blow to her head as she lay in bed. And Yosef was killed with a blood blow to the face as he was lying in his crib. So, mm. like, this is guy clearly is a psychopath. He killed a right. helpless child that, at two-year-old, wouldn't even be able to identify whoever it was. Yeah, yeah. These bodies were also Sick. covered. Maria had a sheet over her head, and Yosef had, was covered by Victoria's dress. So, like, they say, too, when you cover they their cover face, the face, it's like a remorse. Yep. Yep. Back in this day and age, clairvoyancy was a thing, and oftentimes police would use them to help with cases. So, so what the, were they telling him? So the doctor <laughs> took the heads from all the victims and sent them off to Munich. Oh, yeah, your uh, face says it all. <laughs> uh, sent them to uh, Munich to be examined for metaphysical clues. So, yeah. 
Yep. Oh my God. Uh, one clairvoyant. What the hell did... can they get from their head? Um, uh, I don't I... know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Metaphysical clues, apparently. Oh, all right. One clairvoyant did say though that the murder weapon was still in the farm, which we'll find it out was. later. It was. It was. Yeah. Oh. Because of this decision, though, the family would be buried without their heads, and their heads would never be seen again. Oh, World War II those happened. Those poor people, you know. And the Court of Justice building the skulls were in was bombed, and all was lost. Oh. <laughs> all right, we're oh gonna take a break word. here, Somebody people. Didn't let like you. that family at oh, all. Shit, <laughs> karma's a bitch <laughs> with their heads. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Homegrown Horror. I'm a Mainer. Does anybody do ticks, Bridget Fonda? I have very terrible taste in TV, and apparently I also have terrible taste in movies. These creamy mountains. Yeah, welcome! <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you sign that paperwork before you saw it? And I'm a dude from away. There's so many smutty nose. This old place is filled with anacondas! Pokey. Or dear Pokey. I'm not that nice of a person. And so we're gonna tell you about some spooktacular stuff. Specific <laughs> to Maine. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Police believed the murders happened sometime around March 31st. This is the day that Maria started on as a maid. Like, the literal day. So she wasn't even unpacked yet. Oh, she couldn't even decide whether she wanted to stay. Poor thing. It took four yeah. days before the family was discovered. Police believe that the family members were lured to the barn one at a time since it would be difficult for the murderer to take on all three adults at once. Regardless of the age of Cecilia and Andreas, if it was three versus one, I think one adult would at least been able to get away. Yep, yep. So, what they you believe... Would th you would think, so... Yeah. Yeah. I just... This, Go ahead. Cecilia yeah. Jr. and Victoria were dressed in day clothes while Andreas and Cecilia, adult, were dressed for bed. So, it was also said that there was a cow out, like, wandering around. Yeah, yeah. So, maybe, like, the cow, the killer let the cow out, and Kazelia Jr. was sent out first to put the cow back, and after a while, with the cow still out and her not back, Victoria went out, and so on and so forth, you know? Yeah, that would make sense. At first, the police thought robbery was motive, and maybe, like, a vagrant or, like, right, somebody near duel. Near duel. <laughs> but it was uh, too personal. Personal. Yeah. That, like, so this, how, like, they figured this wasn't the case because they found large money, uh, sums of money scattered all over the place in the farm. Not, like, thrown about, but, like, stacks no, of money hidden. here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Also, probably a little bit hidden. <laughs> probably, like, under the bed mattresses and stuff. Yeah, well, you have a corner pocket. I get, well, the way the world was after World War One for Germany... People I think were hiding money large, in their backyard. Well, large sums of money, money probably weren't put in evidence because people were poor. No, true, true. Didn't think of that one. Um, the animals were also being taken care of. So whoever did it had to have knowledge of the farm and how to take care of animals. Yeah. So yep. the police believe the killer either stayed at the farm for the days after the murder or went back every day to take care of it. Yeah. What? If you're going to do that to, like, hide your crime, why wouldn't you bring in the mail? Oh, I don't think he was there, personally. So, I know they saw the fire I, going, but they can burn for days. I get into it. 
about what like how I think and I would like to see how you, what you think personally too. Yeah. So as the investigation went on, police learned the killer stayed on the staying on the farm wasn't the weirdest thing that had happened there. The former maid quit because she believed the farm was haunted. Ah, people she, living in the walls. She would hear footsteps and voices in the attic and they would keep her up at night. That's also, scary. Yeah, also she felt like she was being watched. That's like my biggest fear because, what is this, Dennis Raider or something would break into people's houses and sit and wait in the closets uh, for them to come him. home and then oh, kill them. Oh, that's spooky. Yeah. So I check I it. it. I mean, I live in a small place, but I check. I get sketched check out. Check behind your mirror. Fucking check everywhere. I check all the closets. <laughs> I, I just put so that's much stuff put, in the that's closet. That's why I pull my curtains. All right, I pull so much stuff in the closet, you can't fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> Camera count. Uh, she brought this... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, she brought this to Andreas, and he kind of just dismissed it, but he actually was having his own encounters with the unexplained as well. He told neighbors of hearing footsteps in the attic, and he found a newspaper on the property that he and nobody in the family had bought. And it's not like there was a newspaper guy, like, riding his bicycle through Uh, rural Germany. Or they were laying all over the ground in front of your yard. A newspaper from Munich at the house. It's either right outside the house or something, and that nobody knew where it came from. Uh, and it was red, so... And his key went missing, and he couldn't find it. Nobody could. So did anybody explore the attic? Or the inside of the walls, or so to say? Well, the attic? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they went up to the attic and didn't see anything strange. Like, they check it, but... In the end, when... After the murder happened, they... F- My, you're getting ahead. <laughs> Am I what? No! You're getting ahead. I'm just curious. <laughs> Yes, they found they found stuff in the attic, like food scraps yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. I gotta remember later where I wrote that down to not say it. <laughs> 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 so also, um, one day when it snowed with the fresh snow, Andreas saw footprints leading out of the woods going up to the house, and there were no prints leading away from the house. Oh. He checked with everybody and concluded that it wasn't any of theirs. So we got Footprints that to the house that are nobody's. Footsteps in the attics that are nobody. Voices and feel like they're being watched. All of this was happening before the murders. Newspaper. Yeah, and newspaper. newspaper. Yep. After the murders, yeah. all the animals were taken care of. There was a fire in the fireplace, but the mail didn't get brought in. So the so killer was smart, but not that smart. Right in there. Yeah. yeah. Or lived close by and just kept going back and forth. Somebody would have caught him. Oh, I don't know how close they are. Close enough you to know, walk. To each other. Yeah, not far. Right. Um, so, the police believe the killer was living in the house months before the murder. My opinion is, they weren't living there the whole time. I think they were going there, like, spying. Yeah, right. When they could get in and out. Yeah. More than a hundred suspects were questioned by Inspector Root. Reinger Berber. Oh my god. I said all these <laughs> out. Reingruber. Reingruber. And his team about the murders. The mechanic that worked on the feeding machine, though, how long do you think before they talked to him? Like, wouldn't you want to talk to somebody like that right away? Yeah, because he was the only one there that, that was present. 
the day With they found dead bodies all around, you know, which he'd never saw. But eleven right. years, nineteen thirty-three is when they decide they're going to talk to him. How stupid is a, that? I think it was a year after the World the War II force changes. Started. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. The brutality of the murders made the team believe that whoever did this had a problem with the family, and the only place that had stuff was disturbed was Victoria's room. No money was taken, nothing was moved, but people were, like, looking around her room. Oh. So, some theory was that Andreas did it and, and killed himself, but find the findings showed with the injuries that would not have been possible. Like, he couldn't have injured yeah. himself the way, the way he did. Yeah, and what, pile himself on top of all the dead bodies. Oh, my God. Okay. And then roll hay over yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm dead. So, Suspect. <laughs> so I'm literally just thinking it's of a guy ridiculous. laying on, like like a movie, like pretending to be dead. Like I'm just dead. I'll wait for people to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just die here while I'm waiting. Yeah, I'll just wait. Now, the suspects are just as as off the wall and crazy as the murderers themselves. The murderers themselves, and it's just weird. So let's start with Carl. Gabriel, if you remember this, is Victoria's husband who was killed yep. in the war. Right, right. They suspected that he did not die and he came back and killed the family because he was mad Victoria had moved on after she thought he had died. Oh, stop. I'm not, it's not even a joke. Ma, it's true. Uh. This was quickly disproven when they spoke to members of his military unit who witnessed his death in 1914. So. So let's put it out there. He died in 1914. Victoria and her father went to jail for incest in 1915. So either Victoria was very newly pregnant when he left for war. Yeah. Or, or she got pregnant after. Junior was not his. Yeah. Either way, he passed in the war and there were witnesses to it. Like he stepped on a mine. Right, right. So they were trying to say he went, he survived and was hiding. Came and back it, with revenge and this. being crazy. And Another one was like one of his unit members came and like did it for him. But it's like, Why? I don't think he gave a shit enough to, to you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Another theory. Like why? Because that's just, they had nothing. They literally had nothing. They didn't have anything. It's too bad. DNA and, you They're know. Like, there's Footprints a and straws. Let me grasp at every one I can find. I was going to say, they. it's yeah. too bad because they had all the stuff, but they don't have the testing to yeah. figure out who. A theory was floating around that um, a family member, the family was murdered by an extremist military group. After World War II, people were mad and groups formed that went one way or the other, like extremist left, extremist right, right like... Yeah. Due to its location, the farm may have been used as a hideout or meeting place for such military group. Later, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> there was no. no proof of Andres being any part of any group like that, and there was no evidence to anybody being on the farm. So it just sounds crazy. Yeah, it does. Ghosts don't commit murder. Well, no, they're just saying, like, uh, they thought maybe Andreas was part of an extremist militant group and that mm -hmm. they murdered him or he was on one side and the other side murdered him. Like, Yeah. Uh, just crazy. Brothers Carl and Andreas, so a different Andreas. Okay. Uh, the information... There's a lot of this... And Carl, because Carl... Hey, Carl. Yeah. yeah. Two German, different guys. I, I mean, it's just common names, just kind of like Sam... 
Samantha right. Year or Debbie, I don't know. The information on these two didn't come to light until 1971. So, like I said, there's a lot of same names. A woman named Teresa came forward and said when she was 12, a woman who was her mo- the mother of the brothers came to visit Teresa's mother. Teresa's okay. mother took notes about what Carl and Andreas's mother told her. One line uh-huh. said, uh, quote, Andreas regretted losing his pocket knife, unquote. So when the house was demolished, they did find a pocket knife, but, I mean, it could have belonged to Andreas Gruber. He lived on a farm. He worked on a right. farm. You need could a knife. Could have to anybody. Also, the brother's mother, who, conf- after confessing to her friend, committed suicide in a really odd way. A, f- a completed, completed suicide. It's not committed. Completed. That's Remember Com- we were talking about this earlier, about how it's not, you don't say committed suicide. I think it's completed. Completed. She killed herself, basically. Yeah. She yeah. made a pyre in her kitchen, sat in the middle of it, doused it with paraffin, and set it on fire. So she, she burned herself? She burned herself to death, yes. She, that is so painful. So That's she, a crazy lady. She gave herself a Viking funeral while she was alive. Because That's the Vikings, crazy. Right? Remember yeah, that yeah, happened put in, the water. in Kittery, outside of the shipyard? <gasps> Do you remember <sighs> that? That was crazy. That was horrible. That was crazy. That uh, was real crazy. That was insanity. And that didn't, that wasn't that long ago. No. No. I think it was in that high school. Was like, that was crazy. Wasn't it right after, some, like, 9-11? <sighs> I, I, I couldn't even fathom. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I have to. So that, Therese, that was horrible. That was, I remember. In front of like, people, yeah. If, just sitting in front of the during gate. During the day. Oh, yep, in front of the gate. Mm-hmm. Teresa said she never came forward for fear that the brothers would get revenge this in the end, though, this didn't make any sense. There was no evidence, and so they moved on. 30 years after the murders, they thought they had solved it. I think this would be the 50s. A woman came yeah. forward named... <sighs> Chris... <laughs> Zanita. Chris Zanita Mayer. <laughs> I call her Chris. Mayor and told the priest on her deathbed that her two brothers were responsible for the murders. These brothers were Adolf and Anton Gump. Back in 1922, Adolf was... I said Adolf. Adolf. Yes. Was actually... <laughs> Adolf. A, Adolf. <laughs> asshole. Was potential Ooh. suspect in, since he was part of an extremist military group called Fire Corps. He had taken part of murdering nine people along with three other men. So him and three other dudes murdered nine. They called them peasants, but I felt weird saying peasants. Peasants were, well, they're peasants in Poor the time people. and age yeah. and where they live in Germany. By the time his sister made her deathbed confession, Adolf had already passed. They took Anton in, but he was later released due to lack of evidence. So For this th- would be yeah. like the... One of the extremist like stories, like Fire Corp, Frey Corp, I don't know. That's just like too bad they don't have an answer. Well, you now know? to the person I think did this, and mm-hmm. I think you think did it. I think Lorenzo. Lorenz Scheitlenberg. Scheitlenberg Bauer. Yeah. But why would he do that to the oldest daughter, the oldest girl? Witnesses. 
We'll get into it. I have it all here, Ma. Okay. 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 As, as I said before, the police believe yes. that since the murders were so brutal, they were done by somebody who had a problem with the Grubers. Many right. people had problems with Andreas, but not many people had problems with the others, except Lorenz. He had been the one to report the incest in 1919, but yeah. he eventually dropped the charges. They believe he's the one that reported them in 1915, too. Really? Yeah. See that jealous of him? I mean, maybe he's just so grossed out by it. Maybe. Yeah, but then he goes and he has an affair with the girl. You know, and the way it sounds, she was in in with it too. So every he made it known to everyone his opinion on that he wasn't the father of Yosef. Although just to even kill him, people do kill people for crazier stuff. I know, I know. Although it is said that Victoria was paying child support to herself in honor of Lorenz, it came out later that Victoria was thinking of suing Lorenz for his actual money. So he was <laughs> pissed about it since he was uh, less well off than the Grubers. Yeah. yeah. The way he acted the crime seat, just dragging bodies of the hay with no bother, rubbed everyone he was with the wrong way. The right. men in his search party um, went to the police and told them that they thought Lorenz was the killer. He yeah, even so. said on the way to the farm, quote, nothing is moving. Either they hang themselves or they were beaten to death, unquote. Right? Oh, right? Yeah. But if he doesn't like them, you know. He knew the house and farm very well. According yeah. to everyone, he was there. He could move around the property like it was his own. So while he was know. there, he was like moving around the property mm-hmm. like like he'd been there. Unknown. Many times. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason this theory didn't go well over, over well <laughs> in 1922 <laughs> was because they thought if Lorenz was hiding on the farm, someone would have noticed. He was married at the time. Although he lived close enough that he could get to the farm and back without much work. It mm-hmm. came out later that his wife did say that the day of the murder, she couldn't account for his whereabouts. So he could have been going back even. in the farm, forced to the farm daily after the murders and at night after his wife was asleep. He could have yeah. gone to the farm and stayed in the attic watching. Like, he, oh, I'm going to run into town, and he'd go to the farm. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I'm sure, right? he, oh, I'm going out to the field. So you immediately know, after the murders, he stopped saying that Yosef wasn't his and said that he was his. Like, maybe he was looking for money. Oh, also, right after, he asked the investigators if he could get money back that he paid in child support. <laughs> Now, that's a double-edged sword. So, literally, right after your child is found brutally murdered, you're going to be like, so, about that money? About that money of a kid that's not mine, Exactly. In the end, no evidence was found to make him 100% guilty, but I think in America, like, right now, there's enough enough circumstantial evidence to nail him. Uh He, you know, after the murders... Sometimes it's sad because sometimes they just have very little and yes. don't do the actual work. Yeah. But like this you know? case, like all, all facts point to him. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into that. After the murders, the farm went to Carl Gruber's family. No, not Gruber. Sorry. Gabriel. Gabriel. Her husband. Her husband. They ended up tearing right. it down a year after. They did it slowly so they could keep like the good pieces 
Uh-huh. And while they did this, they ended up finding the murder weapon under a floorboard by the fireplace. <gasps> Just like what? the psychic said. What? They also found, like I said, food scraps in the attic, as well as tiles that could be removed, al- allowing somebody to watch from the attic below them. No. Oh. Uh, the family Right. Can you fucking imagine? I know. Ugh. Poor maid. I'm Ugh. sure. <laughs> the, well, she's probably glad that she wasn't there. She would have been uh, dead. The family's buried in a plot in Wadenhofen, and a more memorial is set up uh, where the farm used to be. And like I said, they have no skulls, so there's just bodies with no heads. <laughs> Good for Halloween on the headless. Uh, well, yeah, right. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the evidence, like I said, was lost during World War II. Even though, in 2007... We found a head. No. We find a head? Uh, There's this big word. The Ah. Firstine Failed Brook, the Firstine Failed Brook Police Academy, took a look at the case. What? The group came to a conclusion about... Yeah, 2007, so... Okay. A while, 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 while. They came to a conclusion about who they believe committed the crime. the murders they can't confirm conclusively and out of respect for the family members the person still alive and living in the area they won't release who they believe it is i have an excerpt here i'm going to read from what they did publish um in the end i think i know who is responsible but let me read this okay quote there was one surprising thing to note however in the course of the project work after a short time of initial familiar, familiarization with the case, all members of the project group independently came to the same conclusion as to who must have been the true culprit. There is too much that speaks against him, hardly anything that exonerates him, starting with investigation slip-ups, slip dodgedly exclusion of this person as a main suspect, inexplicable. Oh, my God. (laughs) Isn't that English? Yes. Inexplicable (laughs) actions of the attorney of the state leading the investigation and the familiarity with the scene of crime to mention but a few. Whether the killer acted entirely alone or had an accessory or confidant does not make any changes in the execution of the crime and the identity of the culprit. One name will always come to our minds in the context of the mu- multiple murders in Hinterkaifeck. What does that say to you, Lorenz? He knew the crime scene. He knew the place. Yep. It, they he would th- be the. He would. He was the only one close enough to the family. Yep. yep. He. Everything goes into play. Everybody that was close All to the, the family is dead, pieces. and they mm-hmm. call it a him. So it's. Mm-hmm. So you you are on the same boat I am, where it's it's Lorenz for sure. Yeah. 100%. But they can't prove it. Well, he's dead he's anyways. Dead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but his family still lives in the town. Jeez. In the well, hello. The same town? Yeah. Look at us. Oh, yeah. Well, we haven't right. killed anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yet. <laughs> yeah. In the end though, the Hinterkaifeck murders will never truly be solved. So it's like a weird case in the last of twist and turn, but it's still unsolved. Yeah, Isn't that crazy. And they don't have enough info on it. No. Other than him, yeah, it is just a little bit weird. I thought I it was don't... weird. Kirsten is the one that gave me this one. She's like, "You got to do this one. It's weird." So I looked into it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, that's definitely an October case. 
Yeah. So that'll be Kirsten. That's the case. The for weird that. shit. Well, th- you raised weirdos. Murder she wrote. Scooby Doo. So people are like, Murder what she wrote is a far cry from people throats. <laughs> no, but people are like, what got you into true crime? And I literally think Scooby Doo. It starts Scooby-Doo. off s- spooky, where you think it's a ghost, and in the end, it's a a culprit. It's like, a real. It's person. a person that did a yep. crime. Yep. Scooby Doo. That was it. A bunch of potheads solving crimes yeah, and they get spooked Scooby. out Scooby and Shaggy Scooby, I am Scooby a sh- Shaggy I'm Shaggy I'm not Velmo not Daphne I am a Shaggy of the group <laughs> <laughs> so I want to remind everyone in the area of Southern Maine and Portsmouth New Hampshire Macabre Family Podcast is a sponsor for the amazing amazing Portsmouth Halloween Parade and this weekend they have some amazing events going on Tonight, they have Nightmare on Elm Street, and they're doing an outdoor movie over at the Liars Bench Beer Company. So that's pretty cool. They're going to have a projector yeah, and everything. Yeah. I hated um, that movie. I have never seen it. I don't like oh, those movies. It's, yeah, it's... yeah. On Saturday, they have the Pumpkin Smash, located at the Portsmouth Farmer's Market, between 8 That sounds like fun. Is that with the catap- No, they, you ahead. take a sledgehammer and smash them. Oh, that's even funner. I would go if I didn't have a previous engagement. Yes, well. My father-in-law's we funeral do. is tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I would love That'll to do, do something happy. I, I just, I'm not looking forward to it. My my poor husband, like, his sister Katie, who is a huge supporter of us and amazing. She does all the graphics for me. It's just, it's been a hard, hard time for it's them. It's been a hard couple of years. It's fucking right, it has. Mm-hmm. So anyways, back to happy. <laughs> happy, a, happy, happy. This event sounds fun. So on Sunday, they have the Spooky Paddle with the Seacoast Paddle Company at the Pierce Island Boat Launch at 11 a.m. So I got to work on downtown on Sunday, so I'll be able to see them. I think they get dressed yeah, up in, the spooky, in um, what is that about? costumes, and they do paddle boarding. So they'll be in costumes <laughs> and they paddle board. That sounds yeah. cool. That sounds fun. So check out all those events and support the Halloween parade because the city does not put this parade on. It is all done by donation and volunteers. So show your support if you're in the area. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow and like us on all our social media accounts. Instagram at Macabre Family. Facebook, the Macabre Family Podcast. TikTok, the Macabre Family Podcast. You can also email us at macabrefamilypod at gmail.com. For any episode suggestions or anything, we love hearing from you. And macabre is spelled M-A-C-A-B-R-E. <laughs> for um, us nutheads. I have some car stickers available to anyone who would like some designed by my amazing sister-in-law, Katie. I have one on my car. Mom has one on her I car. Do. Mikhail I has do. a water bottle he brings to school with one on it. So yes. if you want one, send me an email and I'll send it your way. Thank you all for the support. Have a great weekend and stay spooky. Bye. Bye.